The 2014 case involving Mayang Prasetyo and Marcus Falk was indeed a shocking and gruesome event that disturbed both Indonesia and Australia. Mayang, a trans woman from Indonesia, was found murdered and mutilated in her apartment with her Australian husband, Marcus Falk, as the culprit. The exact reasons behind this horrifying act remain unclear, but it's speculated that a heated argument between Mayang and Marcus escalated drastically. Some suggest that the extreme nature of the crime involving dismemberment points to a crime of passion. Today, let's delve into the case of Mayang Prasetyo. Interestingly, Marcus Folk didn't outwardly exhibit signs of being mentally deranged or violent, which often makes such cases even more perplexing and disturbing. Marcus Folk grew up in Ballarat, Australia. He was known as a friendly guy who hated violence and loved animals. Photos often showed him with cats and dogs. He believed in the idea that men should protect women, not hurt them. So on the outside, Marcus seemed like a good person. However, as the case got attention, people began to question Marcus's mental health. Some thought he might have a split personality. They speculated that this other side of him could have been responsible for Mayang's death. Marcus's friends said he felt emotions more deeply than others. His moods could change quickly and without any clear reason. Marcus's life seemed positive. He had a supportive family and a job as a chef in his family's restaurant. He also had a loving partner, but Marcus had a secret. He had a lot of debt and had to work extra to pay it off. While he worked part-time as a chef, he also had worked as a male escort as a way of repaying his debt. His family didn't know about his financial troubles or his double life. Now, let's talk about Mayang. She was born in 1987 in Lampung, South Sumatra, Indonesia. Originally named Febri Adrian Saya, she was assigned male at birth. After her parents split up, Mayang's grandmother raised her. She was the oldest of three siblings. Despite her father's absence, Mayang didn't see the world negatively. From a young age, Mayang liked spending time with ladyboys at a nearby salon. This was unusual in Indonesia, where transgender people often face discrimination. But Mayang was different. She was a gentle and caring child, unaffected by how society viewed her. Mayang Prasetyo's family remembers her as a joyful and intelligent child. She came from a middle-class background and was always ready to help her family financially. People recall how Mayang often brightened everyone's mood. Mayang felt a disconnect with her male body. She wanted to be a woman, feeling more comfortable with that identity. But in Indonesia, transitioning wasn't easy due to societal attitudes and limited access to hormonal treatments. Still, Mayang found small ways to express her true self. When Mayang opened up about her feelings, her family, being conservative, initially didn't understand. They advised her to seek guidance through prayer. Over time, her family began to understand and accept her identity. They loved her unconditionally, 
After high school, Mayang decided to move to Bali to explore her identity. Her family let her go, asking only that she take care of herself and stay in touch. In Bali, Mayang found a job, friends, and a boyfriend. She saved money specifically for her transition surgery. In 2009, Mayang asked her mother for a blessing to undergo transition surgery. Her mother again advised prayer. Mayang then traveled to Thailand for top and bottom surgery, finally feeling her soul align with her body. In Bali, Mayang worked as an escort and a cabaret girl on a cruise ship. She was happy with her life and earnings, part of which she sent back home to support her family. Mayang played a key role in her younger sister's education. However, her family was unaware of the nature of her work. They might have chosen not to question it. Mayang Prasetyo and Marcus Volk's relationship began on a cruise ship where they met. Marcus worked as the chef on the ship, and they quickly got to know each other. Their romance developed rapidly, but it wasn't purely based on love. Rather, it was more like a mutual symbiosis where both had something to gain from the other. Mayang, as an escort who frequently traveled internationally, was quite successful and charged $500 per hour. This made her an attractive prospect for Marcus, who, as we know, was struggling with significant debt. On the flip side, Mayang had her own reasons for being drawn to Marcus. She wanted to stay in Australia, where obtaining a visa can be a complex and lengthy process. By marrying an Australian citizen like Marcus, she could secure her visa much more easily. With this understanding, Mayang took Marcus to meet her family in Lampung. Her family welcomed him warmly, seeing him as calm and polite, though his silence might have been due to the language barrier. Mayang's mother blessed their union, hoping for their happiness. In contrast, Marcus's family was completely unaware of Mayang's existence. They also didn't know about his side job. Marcus seemed intent on hiding this part of his life from his family, likely due to fear of judgment and shame. Despite this, Mayang and Marcus got married in Copenhagen, Denmark, during a stop of their cruise ship in August 2013. After Marcus Folk and Mayang Prasetyo got married, they moved to Brisbane, Australia. They rented an apartment in the 113 complex. Both continued working as escorts, with Marcus using the nickname Heath Excel. They worked at the Pleasure Dome brothel, welcoming clients of all genders, including transgender individuals. Marcus, however, maintained his day job as a chef. On October 2, 2014, Marcus had a client at their apartment. Mayang called, needing the apartment too. Marcus then took his client to a park, explaining that a friend needed to use the apartment. The client agreed to this change of plans. Marcus Volk had just left his apartment with a client when he got another call from Mayang Prasetyo. This call was different. Even the client could hear Mayang yelling over the phone. Marcus's expression changed, and he excused himself to his client. He explained that he needed to return to the apartment briefly to take care of their dog. Later that night, around 11 p.m., a neighbor living next to Marcus and Mayang heard a loud argument between the couple. The neighbor identified two voices, both sounding male, speaking in English with a distinct accent. 
It seemed to the neighbor that Mayang was more dominant in the argument, hurling insults and profanities at Marcus. This heated exchange lasted for about 30 to 40 minutes. After a period of quiet, another argument erupted around 1.30 a.m. The yelling was so intense that it woke the neighbors. They debated whether to intervene, but ultimately chose not to, assuming it was another physical altercation. During this second argument, the neighbors heard Mayang scream a few times, but then there was silence. The following day, on October 3rd, in the morning or around noon, one of Marcus and Mayang's neighbors noticed a foul smell in the apartment corridor. Not suspecting the worst, they didn't think much of it. Their response was simple. They sprayed air freshener in the corridor, hoping to keep the bad odor from entering their unit. Later that day, around 6 p.m., Marcus went to a store in Newstead. There, he bought gloves, bleach, a brush, trash bags, wet tissues, rope, and a duct tape. After making these purchases, he took a taxi to the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. At the emergency unit, he claimed he had been injured during a fight with his girlfriend. He said he hurt his hand while trying to take a knife from her. The hospital staff treated his injury, believing his story, and released him around 9.30 p.m. On October 4th, the situation in Marcus and Mayang's apartment complex escalated. The neighbors had become increasingly suspicious due to the foul smell. Around 3.30 p.m., one neighbor decided to investigate. She peeked through Marcus's half-open door. She smelled something burning. Marcus, noticing her, quickly apologized. He explained he was making soup broth, but got distracted, leading to it burning. The neighbor also asked about Mayang. Marcus told her that Mayang had been away and hadn't come back yet. Three hours later, Marcus called an electrician to his apartment to address an issue with his electricity. He claimed that his electric stove wasn't working properly because the electricity kept cutting out. Upon arrival, the electrician also noticed a foul odor. Marcus explained it away by saying he was cooking pork soup. The electrician, perhaps in an attempt to lighten the mood, jokingly remarked that the soup smelled more like dog food than pork. The electrician who visited Marcus's apartment might have sensed something was off. He told Marcus that fixing the electricity required access to the main panel. So Marcus sought permission from the apartment manager for this. The manager, who was also a neighbor disturbed by the stench, decided to check Marcus's apartment's electric panel. She told him she was concerned about a possible fire hazard. Initially, Marcus refused to let her in, but the manager insisted. Eventually, Marcus had no choice but to allow them into his apartment. At first glance, everything in the apartment seemed normal. However, the manager then noticed a small pool of blood. She was surprised, but kept her composure. Secretly, she took a photo of the blood stain. Marcus quickly told her that the blood was from his hand injury. After leaving Marcus's apartment, the manager didn't waste any time. She immediately called the police. She explained the situation and asked for their help. The police arrived at the scene around 9 p.m. that night. They knocked on Marcus's door and began questioning him about Mayang, based on what the manager had told them. Marcus was visibly nervous. He stuttered as he explained that Mayang had returned to Indonesia after their argument. 
the police, sensing something was amiss, asked to check his apartment. Inside, the officers were hit with the smell of rotting. And being experienced in such matters, they recognized it as the smell of a decomposing human body. The smell was distinct from that of animal carcasses. Before they could fully inspect the apartment, Marcus stopped them. He said he needed to put his dog in a cage and asked for privacy to do so. The police allowed him to go into the room, but Marcus had no intention of attending to his dog. Realizing the police were close to discovering a secret, he decided to flee. He jumped out of the window and ran away before the police could react. The police quickly organized themselves. They split into two teams, one to chase Marcus and the other to investigate the apartment. Inside, they made a gruesome discovery. In the washing machine, they found a plastic bag containing human body parts. In the kitchen, they found a leg in a pot of boiling bleach. The body parts were identified as that of Mayang Prasetyo. The police used police dogs to track down Marcus. The dogs led them to a large bin not far from the apartment. When the police opened the bin, they found Marcus inside, deceased. He had taken his own life, apparently unable to face the consequences of his crime. To their neighbors, Marcus and Mayang appeared to be a happy couple. Photos of them together often showed intimacy and affection. But beneath this facade, things were unclear, leading to much speculation about what drove Marcus to commit such a terrible crime against Mayang. One theory was that Mayang developed deeper feelings and wanted to end their open relationship to be exclusively with Marcus. When Marcus did not reciprocate these feelings and set boundaries, Mayang reportedly threatened to reveal his secrets to his family. This is believed to have angered Marcus, leading to the tragic outcome. Another speculation suggested that their relationship was not as ideal as it appeared. Behind closed doors, they might have had frequent arguments and even domestic abuse. They might have stayed together only to fulfill their initial mutual needs. It's also thought that Mayang missed Indonesia and wanted to return home. Mayang's remains were returned to Indonesia on October 31st of that year. Her funeral was attended by her grieving family, friends, and acquaintances who remembered her fondly. This case is both tragic and devastating. The exact cause of the fight at 1 a.m. remains unknown. The truth of what happened that night died with Mayang and Marcus. Regardless of the theories, it's clear that their relationship was troubled from the start and ended in a truly tragic way. That's all for today. Thanks for watching.